All right, let's go back. I'm going to keep going with what I started a couple weeks ago. Psalms 103, the benefits of the cross. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. Who forgives all your iniquities. Did you notice that it says all of them, not just some of them? You know, every time the devil comes and reminds you of, of something you did wrong years ago, uh, it's forgiven. And it's amazing how he points certain things out to you. You know, certain things he don't bother you with. But there's certain things that he likes to keep bringing up. But the Bible says he forgives all our iniquities. And he heals all our diseases. And again, as I said back then, you know, I don't know why so-and-so didn't get healed. All I know is the Bible says he heals all our diseases. And so as long as I live, I pray that I'll believe and keep believing. And when I pray for you, I'm going to believe that you're going to be healed. And I don't think that you would come to me for prayer if you thought I didn't believe it. And so we all need to believe, you know. That's not my job to heal. It's my job to pray. It's my job to bring you to Jesus. Who redeems your life from destruction. We talked about that last week, or two weeks ago. Who redeems your life. Who bought back your life. Your, your life when you sinned, when you were born, when Adam and Eve sinned, your life was taken from you. In reality, that perfect life that we could have had was stolen from us, and the Bible says that Jesus bought all that back. He restored our relationship to Christ like it was before Adam and Eve sinned. Do you understand that? When it talks about redeeming, buying back your life, He restored you to what we once were, even though sometimes you don't feel that way. But that's why we need to keep believing. Today I want to talk to you about who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Tender mercies. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. What is a crown? A crown represents authority. God gives us authority. Nobody else can give you authority. Only God can give you authority. You understand that? And I'll try and explain that as I go. You say, well, my boss can give me authority. Well, God can take it away from you. In Matthew 7, 28, it says, Jesus walked and taught with authority on the earth. And it says, and so it was when Jesus had ended the saying that the people were astonished at this teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. All authority is given. Do you realize that? All authority is given. We don't earn authority. By our faithfulness, yes, maybe we are doing a good job. Sometimes we gain authority. But in reality, and even then, it's authority is given. Somebody has given you authority. Matthew 28, 18, just before the Great Commission, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Just before Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he said, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands 
and that he had come from God and was going to God. You see, Jesus knew who had given him authority. It wasn't some man, it was God who gave him authority. And the Bible says that God raises up and God can also bring us down. So in reality, if that's the case, then who gives authority? God, right? Authority is given. Authority can be taken back. Authority can be lost. Authority is given by God and God alone. You can have a position and a title and not have authority. Did that ever happen to anybody? You have a position and a title and not have authority. Nobody listens to you. You got a title, but what good's that if nobody's following? Somebody said if you're a leader and nobody's following you, you're just out for a walk, right? We know with a position we have responsibility. But sometimes people have the position of authority and they don't have authority because authority can come from God. Authority comes from God and God alone. Authority doesn't come from the way we walk, the way we talk, doesn't come from the way we carry ourselves. You know, sometimes there's people out there that walk around, you know, kind of snooty, and, you know, you'd think that they have all the authority in the world, but that's not brings, what brings authority. Authority comes from God. Remember, Jesus, when he preached, when he talked to the people, they said, who is this man that he has such authority? Better follow my notes so I get out of whack here. Jesus walked as a lamb, so it's not the way you walk, is it? Jesus was the greatest shepherd, but before a shepherd, he became a lamb, the lamb of God. Before he was a shepherd, before he was in charge, he was the lamb, the lamb of God. He didn't walk the earth as a big shot, know it all, but as a loving, kind, merciful savior, but still had great authority. Everyone who knew him knew he had authority. Sometimes those who don't have a position but know God have more authority than those with a position. How about that? I'll bet you in many of your homes, most of these wouldn't admit it, but in many of the homes, you know, the Bible says God is the head. A man is the head, right? The father is the head. But I'll bet you in many homes, the wife carries more weight, not physically, but... <laughs> more authority in reality than the father does. Why? Because of her relationship with the father. I remember when we first, years ago, when we were first being taught, they used to say you get the, the lady on fire, the kindling on fire, and the old log will eventually get burning. And there's just something about ladies that they're more sensitive to God. A fellow went to a, a pretty important businessman one time and asked him if he would join up with what they wanted to do. He said, no, nah. he said, I don't think so. He says, you want me to talk to your mother? He says, no, I'll do it. In other words, his mother, because of her relationship with God, had authority. Football players, how many times have you, when they come on TV, they say, hi, mom. Do they ever mention their dad? No, it's always, hi, mom. I know football players in Philadelphia. They make millions of dollars. Baseball players make millions of dollars. Who runs their finances? Not their lawyer, their mother. I can name them, but I won't. You see, it's that relationship with God that gives us authority. It's not our title. 
It's not who we think we might be, not how boastful we are, but it's how much we know God. In Matthew 8, 27, it says, they said, after he calmed the wind, so, that, so they marveled, saying, who, came, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Even the winds and the sea obey him. Who can this guy be that he has such authority? So why are we crowned? If authority comes from God, it doesn't come from a position. Why does the Bible say that, say that we're crowned? He crowns us in this life so we can reign over sin and death. Over sin and death. Sin and death reign in our life until we came to Christ. But when we accepted Christ, grace reigns in us. In Romans 5, 20b and 21, it says, But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace reigns in us. We reign not by doing, but by receiving an abundance of grace. We, we need lots of grace in this life. Do you ever realize that? I need a lot of grace. Not just from Jesus, but from every one of you. From my wife. I mean, you know, as perfect as I am. <laughs> just kidding. But we need grace every day. I need grace for, for other people. They need grace for me. We need all kinds of grace to keep us going in this world. We face people every day of our lives that maybe things don't click with, and God gives us grace for them. We reign by not doing, but by receiving an abundance of grace. Righteousness means right standing with God, and we only can get it through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's only one way that we can get right with God, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only way we can have any kind of authority, is through the blood. Romans 5, 9, uh, 9 and 10, and, it's, and they sang a new song saying, or Revelation, I'm sorry, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Remember the last time we talked about the redemption out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So we're talking about he crowned us as kings and priests to our God. He redeemed us out of every tribe and nation. Understand, a king reigns, right? And a priest connects us to God. A king reigns priest connects us to God. This is the whole point of this message today, and I want you to get it. Why we were crowned. God wants you to reign over sin and death in this life and help other people to reign over sin and death. God doesn't crown us so we can become big wheels, become world famous, have a great TV show. He's not against that. But God wants us to be humble God wants us to be servants. God wants us to care about other people. Our care groups, I pray that our small groups aren't about ourselves, aren't about trying to, to please ourselves, but they're about reigning with God, trying to help other people pick themselves out of their problems. 
So I, I hope our small groups begin to look around and see people that are, that are trodden down, that need help, and they need somebody to help pick them up. That's why Jesus crowned us to help us reign so that we can help other people reign. You see, God doesn't want anybody to perish. So he has put us here for one purpose. He sent us in the Great Commission to go out and win the lost, right? And so our job here as kings and priests is to reign and help others to reign. It's not to go around with a haughty spirit, you know, like was happening there years ago when uh, the teaching on faith was going around. People were getting a little high and mighty. They were looking down on others. If somebody didn't have enough faith to get healed or to get a new car or whatever it is, they, they'd look down on them and say, well, you just don't have enough faith. You know, that's not what it's all about. It's not us. We're not supposed to be looking down at other people. We're supposed to be picking other people up. That's what reigning with Christ is all about. That's why he crowned us in this scripture. It's what the whole purpose was. Our Father in heaven has invested in us authority so we can represent him to the unsaved. That's why he crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercy. And so what were we crowned with? We were crowned with loving kindness and tender mercy. Crown also means to surround. He wants us to surround, to be surrounded by loving kindness and tender mercy. You see, it's not enough to be kind. It's not enough to show mercy. He said, get it. Loving kindness, Betty, and tender mercies, Caroline. (laughs) You know, are we being tender? Are we being loving? You know, I can say I got mercy on you, Bill, and I don't care a thing about you, you know, or Zeke. You know, I can say, I, you know, I have mercy on you. If you don't get a deer next week, you know, I have mercy on you. I don't really care if you get one or not. But you see, if I have loving kindness to you, Zeke, and tender mercies to you, Zeke, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you get a deer, right? I might share some of the tricks that I've learned over the years. God loves to be merciful. Jesus said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. We should be the most merciful people around. We need to be extending mercy to everyone. God is so merciful, even his throne is called the mercy seat. Do you ever think about that? God is so merciful that even his throne is called the mercy seat. We're told in Hebrews, in a time of need, we can go to the mercy seat. David pleaded for mercy in Psalms 25, 6. He said, Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from old. In Psalms 40, 11, he says, Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. You see, this was all after David had committed adultery and had his... his, uh, her husband killed. He couldn't build the the temple because he had shed blood. And he was pleading with the Lord to have tender mercies on him. Have mercy upon me in Psalms 51.1. O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Confessing the sin of adultery, David understood he needed, he received an abundance of grace. He understood he received the gift of righteousness. 
he knew the authority of God gave him, that God gave him could be taken away. You see, David was given authority, but God took some of it away from him. If we work in, in humility and kindness and mercy, then we'll have the authority as believers to overcome sin in our lives. And I touched on this a little bit, but it's a shame how today people are overcome by arrogance and the way they walk and talk. We're focusing, many people are focusing more on the reigning part, reigning over people, Steve, than we are the tender mercies and the loving kindness. And I don't care where you go, you see this happening. People are so caught up in reigning that they forget about being tender and loving. Don't forget he took the crown that was meant for us and put it on Christ and took the crown meant for Jesus and put it on us. Think about that. The crown that was meant for us, he put it on Jesus. And the crown that was meant for Jesus, he put on us. In Mark 15, 16, in closing, 15, 16 through 20. Then the soldiers led him away unto the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison. And they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him with purple. Purple is a color of royalty. And twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Have you ever fallen into a briar patch? Have you ever been hunting? And you went through those prickery bushes, raspberry bushes, whatever kind of bushes they, you might have run into, nettles, all kinds of things out there that can hurt. But they twist, took these thorns and they twisted them around, made a circle, a crown out of them, and they just pulled them down over his head. Can you imagine that? Talk about pain. He took that crown so that we could have his crown. And it's our job to take his crown and show tender mercy and loving, loving kindness to whoever we run into. That's all he asks of us. He says, look what I've done for you. Can you do this for me? Can you take this crown and show loving kindness and tender mercy? The king of the universe took our crown and made us to become kings and priests. Why again are we kings and priests? So we can connect people and God. So we can connect people to God. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about connecting people to God. So if we can remember that in closing, we'll have all learned something today. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord that you love us. I thank you, Lord, that you've crowned us with tender mercies and loving kindness so that your kingdom would reign on this earth. Thank you, Lord. Bless these people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.